Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Diane. And this is When Autumn Comes. Look, life sometimes just looks different than we thought it would. This is a podcast for mamas and for people who love them, whose lives were flipped upside down as a doctor looked into our eyes and explained our child's prognosis. Or for the mamas who get very little sleep as they face symptoms and behaviors that just aren't typical for other children. This is a place where we can take on this journey together because we know that this can be a sad, lonely, misunderstood path. But we also know that as colder temperatures and darker days begin to appear, so do the golden leaves and beautiful sunsets of autumn. We know that life comes in seasons. We know that in our world, 24 hours can hold so much change that it feels like four seasons in one day. We are here to let you share your story, let you laugh and let you cry, let you learn and let you grow together with other mothers when autumn comes. Does anybody know what this week is? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller. Okay, I'll tell you. It's International Rare Disease Week. Actually, I'm not sure if it's a full week that is truly celebrated, but I'm the kind of person who celebrates my birthday for an entire month. So we're celebrating Rare Disease Day for an entire week. International Rare Disease Day is on February 29th, but since we don't have a 29 this year, it's on February 28th. It's a day for people to come together who have rare diseases. It's a day for the people who love them to celebrate these people. It's a day for all of us to raise awareness and encourage, I don't know, whoever is the decision maker, that we need more research and we need more awareness. So today on the podcast, we are brought together because of rare. I just hope that the stories you hear, the sweet little voices and their strong badass mamas that you hear, they just give you this feeling of hope. Because yes, separately we may be small numbers, but together we are strong, we are mighty, and there is so much love. Hi everybody! Today is a special episode and we're so excited about this. Um, We are so excited. This is going to be something so different and it is going to bring so much awareness to something that I haven't really learned a lot about. This is a rare episode for when autumn comes and you can't see my air quotes, but it's a rare episode for rare disease day. So today we're doing things a little different. We are going to be talking about rare disease day because it's something near and dear to my heart. And it wasn't actually something that Diane had thought much about prior to me being like, hey, we're doing rare disease day. What we also did, if you've been following us on social media, is we opened up a hotline because we're so cool. We have a hotline. We have a hotline. And we opened it up and invited people to call in and share their rare disease stories because it's such a crazy thing that there's so many different rare diseases. Independently, we're all alone in this, but together, it's a huge community. Huge community. We wanted to show off how awesome some of our kiddos are that are rare. And show you that you're not alone. There is a massive amount of people out there. And if you're not feeling like you're finding community in a certain area, you have this big community to connect with. And so today, we're going to give you a little a little bit of Diane and Sue's conversation, but we're also going to bring you some awesome families that called in and we're just so excited. Hi, this is Sarah Kasner, but calling on behalf of Caleb and Duncan. 
otherwise known as Dunky, who are seven and five and have Duchenne muscular dystrophy. And they are amazing because Caleb is a genius level when it comes to math. Um, he can do everything under the sun. It's quite fascinating. Smarter than I am, and I was a math major. Um, and Dunky loves green and only wears green all the time, every day. He loves, is so passionate about the color green. Okay, Susan, so you are more of an expert at this than I am, and you introduced me to this, really. What is Rare Disease Day? I did a little Googling, even though we're not supposed to. I did a little <laughs> Googling to prepare for this. From what I knew, Rare Disease Day is February 29th, the rarest day of the year. And when we don't have a February 29th, because of leap year. It's February 28th, the rarest month because it has so many less days, the rarest day of the year, which I just think is so cool. The marketing person behind this, I love them. (laughs) I just learned that and I thought that makes so much sense and I never ever knew the correlation between it. Cool, right? Mm -hmm. So rare disease day started in 2008 in Europe and it slowly has spread to be an international day, which again is just really, really cool to me. So the whole point of Rare Disease Day is to build awareness, and I personally think it really helps build up the community. It gives us something to come together and be like, hey, we may not have the same disease, and our paths may look totally different, but we're in this crazy rare community together. Absolutely. And I think that you know when you are kind of grabbing and drawing straws to figure out like where you fit in and you know, they talk about bringing awareness to rare disease. It's so important because one in 20 people will live with rare disease at some point. That is huge. That can make you, it's a lot of people, especially, you know, some rare diseases are questionable. There's not a lot of information about the diagnosis and some go undiagnosed. And that leaves you feeling probably very, very alone, whether it is a parent with a child or even adult that gets diagnosed with a rare disease. I think the push too to bring awareness to the general public is that The more people that are aware of this, the more it pushes research, the more it pushes overall awareness. I know that sounds redundant, but it gives us a platform. Yeah, it gives us a platform to like call on more research. It call on the acceptance of different things, whether that's, you know, more accessibility Mm -hmm. for people who have complications or decision makers are more aware when there's a national day talking about, hey, there's a huge community of millions of people, one in 20. So the fact of the matter is we need to bring awareness because there is no cure for the majority of the rare diseases out there. And that is where genetics or just research in general can help so people don't feel so alone. Hey guys, my name is Aubrey and I have, who's with me? What's your name? Jackson. This is my son, Jackson, and we wanted to kind of give a bit about our story for Rare Disease Day. Um, we live in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, as far as the rare diseases that affect our family, Jackson is actually, he has something that they are thinking is similar to a disease called macrophage activation syndrome. Okay, stop. <laughs> something similar to macrophage activation syndrome. He also has secondary mitochondrial disease. His disease is a systemic disease that affects multiple organs. We've got quite a few different things going on. And we're still under investigation by a great team at Cincinnati Children's. I wanted to bring Jackson on here, and he can tell you something that he loves. Yes, can you tell them something that you love to do? I'm drawing what I'm doing right now, 
Because look, mommy, it's a story. You made a story, so he- no, it's just. It's a real story. <gasps> Did you make one? So tell them what you like to do. You like to make stories. You like to draw. What else do you like to do? Uh, I'm trying to think. Ah, I love watching my iPad. I love fairy tales. Well, and I can be. And I love Legos. And I got one. And you know what? You're pretty much just an all-around cool kid, right? So what's amazing about this whole thing is he's given us such a perspective that, you know, despite the medical trials these kids go through, they are such amazing kiddos, and um, I'm proud to have him as mine. So uh, that's a little bit about our story. We're still going through it. We're still in the trenches, but here we are, and we're making the best of it. Can you say bye, Jack-Jack? Bye. And say thank you. Thank you. So, Susan, tell us a little bit about your story. It's super unique. I love hearing it, specifically with Lorelai and Rare Disease Day. We actually got our diagnosis on Rare Disease Day, which is just insane to me. That's I, your family's that's trajectory. Family, right? <laughs> like, how ironic is it going to be? I I remember posting on Facebook. I want to say I it was that we had an appointment to get her diagnosis, that information had come in and we were going to sit down with a geneticist and someone messaged me and said, how cool is it that you're doing that on rare disease day? And I was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of. In hindsight, it's super cool. Mm-hmm. But to be handed a rare disease diagnosis on rare disease day, I mean, that's kind of like the Super Bowl for a special needs mom, right? I say. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, whatever you win in poker, what do you get a full... What I don't is know that card thing? Poker. I don't know poker, but I would assume it's like a full house or something, maybe in Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we've already talked about our diagnosis story, and you can go back to episode two, I believe, for that if you want. You know, we're sitting in a room getting this diagnosis. I remember them saying she's the 31st documented case, and I was like, oh, at our hospital? No. In Virginia? No. In the U.S.? It's got to be the U.S. No. Like, she's the 31st documented case in the world. I mean, talk about rare. I And I know, like, even through doing this, like, I've met friends there. There's two documented cases. Or, you know, Juliet, mm-hmm. Janice's daughter that I think she was episode four, she, she was the first documented case of FBXL4, which is what my kids and her daughter share. And... Because of people pushing research and science, you know, I could easily see how when you're the first documented case of this whatever, a rare anything, like why are people, why would science push more for that one person? Right. Can I pause you for a second? Do you know how many cases there are now worldwide? Um, I know Benji is the in the 90s of the documented cases. And again, I stress the word documented because there has to be more. Oh my gosh, totally. And, well, and that's in five years. I yeah. mean, five years. And can we talk about the fact that Susan decided to start raising money in just small ways? Like you're spectacular, but you're nobody massive that has the general ability to just, you're not a huge company to bring in money, right? But she just decided to raise money and you have almost raised how much money? We're at like 98000 I think. $98,000 for FBXL4 mitochondrial disease. And Benji got on a trial drug. So many more families simply in the last five years from you 
and everybody around this world bringing awareness to rare disease has the opportunity to step up on a platform like that, if that's your calling, to be able to do that. I mean, that's huge, which is why we felt this was so important to spread to you guys because it gives you the opportunity if you're called to do something like that for any rare disease community. I just can't imagine people being like, I mean, she's the 31st documented case in the world. You know, like we're not going to really put in the energy and money. Science is really putting energy and money into breast cancer research. And great. Mm -hmm. I am not saying there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, the same level of public awareness and everything else just isn't there for all of us moms who are rooting for our kids who have rare diseases. Mm -hmm. Right. One illness is not worse or better. I mean, theoretically, yes, they are. But, you know, we all hurt when we see somebody go through grief and pain and heartache. But when we see our kids or for the fact of the matter, adults with specifically mitochondrial disease, but many other diseases, whether it's muscular dystrophy or, I mean, they run the gamut. It's like, we want that same passion and energy and finances put towards helping these children finding a feel cure. better and find a cure. Like, help so. me fix my kid. Go ahead. My name is What is your name? What is your name? My name is Hey, you're being silly. What's your name? My name is How old are you? I and where are you from? <laughs> well, Esherine, Chesapeake, Virginia, right? And then you also showed me about the zebra of it all. I was like, oh, they love zebras. <laughs> In our next episode, we are talking to Dr. Sammy Vergano. She is my kid's geneticist. One of the things that we learned through her is that the zebra is kind of the international symbol for rare because, you know, when you hear hoof prints or hoof beats, most people are told to think horses. Like when you hear the hoof, the hoof beats, what what are they called? Hoof, hoof runnings? Galloping? Hoof runnings? I feel like I, you remember in um, Monty Python when Patsy has the coconuts? I feel like I should be like adding that in right now, but... (laughs) When you hear yeah. the hoof runnings, <laughs> the hoof beats, I don't know, the pounding of horse hoofs. Galloping. When you hear galloping, you're supposed to think horses. But in genetics, she was told you think zebra because it's not usually the thing that's right in front of you. And so Lorelai's room is decked out in zebras. We have zebras everywhere. It just kind of became her thing. You know, I have my two little rare zebras. Hi, this is Brianne Robinson. This is Finley Robinson. And Emerson Robinson's mom. Um, we live in Edina, Minnesota, and my girls, they both suffer from SMARD, spinal muscular atrophy with respiratory, respiratory distress. Um, Emerson is our angel watching over us, and Finley is here, and she is almost nine years old. And... Finley loves to do crafts and be outside. She's so caring and loving, and she's so strong, and she pushes herself so hard in therapy and everything, and she's just such a great kid. And Emerson, she was only three months old when she passed away, but she was amazing and always, even though she couldn't talk, she talked with her eyes, and she always 
was he was just such a great kid, right? Yeah. So hopefully um, that's the beginning of our story. Thank you. Let's talk about some stats. I am looking at some facts that I printed from www.rarediseaseday.org. It is a great resource for tons of information. This first one that stood out to me, there are over 300 million people living with one or more of over 6,000 identified rare diseases around the world, each supported by family, friends, and a team of carers that make up the rare disease community. 300 million people around the world. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. It's a big community. And I like how they stress that are living with one or more of over 6,000 identified rare diseases. That means that there are so many who are living without being identified too. And I really like how they added in that stat that they're being supported by family, friends, and Mm -hmm. caregivers. Because I feel like so often the family and the friends, we're not as affected as my kid, Mm -hmm. but it completely turned my life upside down. Yeah. And I think that I I was going to say, if you didn't say it, that same thing, like that hit me because yes, you have the patient that is dealing with chronic illness um, in some way, shape or form. However, you have, and I love the friend part, the caregiver part, like they touch these other people's lives, good and bad, right? Like, I mean, I shouldn't say bad, but good and painful. And so it not only affects 300 million people, but the friends, family, and caregivers that surround those people. And we want to bring awareness for you also because we know that you need support too. I love, love, love that. So shout out to all the friends, family, and caregivers on Rare Disease Day. We know that you're undervalued and we just love you guys and appreciate you all so much. And underpaid. I feel like I need a raise. Oh, yeah. Your nurse probably does too. We all (laughs) do. No offense. No. Um, okay, so this next stat, each rare disease may only affect a handful of people scattered around the world, but taken together, the number of people directly affected is equivalent to the population of the world's third largest country. Oh my gosh. So like each rare disease, let's break this down, may only have like one or two or 30 or 90 people. But when mm-hmm. you put all of these rare diseases together, the world's third largest country, it's a lot of people. Again, That's a lot of people. of rare diseases are genetic, while the others are results of infection, bacteria or viral, allergies and environmental causes, or are degenerative. That's huge. percent are genetic. And then I didn't even think about how some could be rare disease because of infection or Mm -mm. that hadn't crossed my mind because everybody I know is rare disease because of genetics. Yeah. I'm trying to like put this into perspective for me, but and I'm sure there's listeners who... Maybe you are one of these people, but we started our rare journey from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like living a life and then getting a virus or an infection right now in my life and becoming a rare disease because of it. My name's Andrew Holman. Andrew was born with amniotic band syndrome and cleft palate and cleft lip. And he would like to share with you what his favorite kind of ice cream is. Vanilla and caramel. Thank you. 
Before we hit record, Diane started talking about how she never thought she was in a rare disease family. Like it wasn't something that crossed her mind. And Sayla Mm -hmm. is suspected mitochondrial disease, but still doesn't have a diagnosis. So we're going to go with the whole, um, even if it ends up not being mito, like I would imagine the fact that it didn't show up on your genetic sequencing would mean Mm -hmm. that she was rare and one of the few. Mm -hmm. We have exhausted basically all genetic testing that's available at this moment. And our doctor is basically like, there's no other explanation that we know of in genetics to explain why Sayla is affected the way she is. She's confident it's a form of mito. However, Sayla just doesn't follow genetics for mito. She has some mutations, but just from what they know, she's not following what they normally see. So Sayla is... I guess, a rare disease child. She's a little zebra, just give like a, mine. Give me a hand clap. I'm a part of the community. <laughs> it's funny to me that you just never thought of your family as a rare disease family until literally 20 minutes ago. I think early on in the beginning, I was so focused on she has special needs. We were just searching for an answer and I never... Even when she said mitochondrial disease when Sayla was you know, a year and a half, two years old... I I don't think I heard the word disease. I don't think I really grasped it for what it was. I let myself go to the place that it can be progressive, but I don't think that's what I focused on. Now, whether that was like a coping mechanism or whatnot, I have no idea. But I will say I'm really excited to be a part of this community because being part of the mitochondrial disease community, I don't know if I really felt like I fit in there either. I mean, I would see people passing away and their kids you know, just having ailments that run the gamut. And I was like, but where do we fit in here? Like we don't, we don't really. Right. So now that I'm a part of the rare disease community, or I realize myself to be, it kind of changes it. Right. Because I see positivity, I see opportunity and it's not, um, doesn't always feel super scary. I don't know. Yeah. I just never thought of ourselves as a rare disease family, probably because I didn't focus on the word disease. I focused more on like special needs or mm-hmm. developmental disabilities or... I think it also needs to be pointed out that even within the rare of rare, like FBXL4, for example, we have such a spectrum of severely affected. And then there are kids that are walking and talking and eating by mouth. Partially, I think, because we are rare, there's not enough research to say this is how it's going to go. It's interesting to hear you talk because, you know, some people in the rare disease community may not be affected the way that we think. I think the other thing to point out, too, with not having an official diagnosis is that relatively common symptoms can hide. Mm -hmm. There's so much rare that according to raredisease.org, it's saying that a lot of these rare diseases can hide under misdiagnoses. Because rare is so rare, a lot of times people can be lumped into other categories. We talked about Sarah. Her boy was labeled with CP initially for years Mm-hmm. until they did more digging. If they hadn't done more digging, who would know what would happen? When I know for you know mitochondrial disease, our only treatment is the mitochondrial disease cocktail, the mitococktail. And Which really isn't treatment. Yeah, it's not a treatment, but it's kind of a Hail Mary pass to see if it can... Treat the symptoms. Yeah. There's there is them no with supplements cure. and there's no yeah. cure. But the quality of life of these patients is affected 
due to the chronic progressive degenerative and life-threatening aspects that aren't caught because of the rare disease. So just to speak off of, you know, Susan, like with Sarah and her boys that had Duchenne muscular dystrophy, but CP, you know, there's a lot of things I'm sure that they were able to do once they got the diagnosis to help their boys' quality of life throughout. That's why it is so important because there may not be a cure, but in the meantime, just the quality of life for these patients can be much better. All right. My name is Colleen Romesh. My son's name is Cooper. And where do we live, Cooper? Virginia Beach. What state? Virginia. Virginia. All right. What rare disease do you have? Yes, you do. What do you have? GSD. GSD, yes. And what is something that you are totally awesome at? Skateboarding. Skateboarding. Cool. All right. Thanks, guys. How does all this make you feel, Diane? Um, ironically, it makes me feel super comforted. I'm so glad we did this episode because I never knew there was another outlet besides Mito that I don't always feel like we settle into. On a weird level, brings me a lot of hope. You know, watching you raise money and knowing that that's, I'm sure there are many people around the world doing that specifically for their rare disease. And, and then shedding light on the caregivers. It was just, I don't know. I just was really comforted by the stats. I was comforted in a weird way by the information and just by the awareness that we've been bringing to this. And those, you know, those sweet stories that we heard throughout the episode. And I think too, if you are a mom or a family or a caregiver that recently got a rare disease diagnosis, whether that means you are the first case in the world or the 31st case or the 250th case. I don't know. I could sit here and list numbers all day. If you are one of those people, it's always scary. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's always scary. But having a community like this where all of us rare little zebras can come together and have our little herd. Is it a herd mm-hmm. of zebras? A gaggle? I don't know. But gaggle. <laughs> we are, you know, we're all here for each other. Yeah. Tribe? No, it's a dazzle, I think. Is it a dazzle of zebras? If it is a dazzle, that is like magic. Because zebras are magic. But you're not alone. And you are you are rare and welcome to the club. You are rare and it can be so beautiful. Hi, my name is Danielle Young, and my daughter is Aurora. She is two and a half years old, and she has a rare genetic disorder called Feingold Syndrome. And with her Feingold Syndrome, she has a slew of other complications that are also super, super rare. So rare is a very common word to us. She had long gap esophageal atresia. She had pyloric atresia. And she actually now has a colon instead of an esophagus in her chest. Um, I guess one of the amazing things about my kid is at two and a half years old, she has undergone 30 anesthesias, um, four of which have been super long open surgeries. And she's been discharged from the developmental pediatrician because she is still cognitively 
on point. She is obsessed with Minnie Mouse. She sings the entire Minnie Mouse Boutique song. And even though all of her milestones were delayed of hitting them, she's still hitting them, and she's doing them every single day. So she really, she blows us away. And she hasn't let any of this rare disease hold her back, um, aside from the G-tube. But we have learned to love our G-tube over the last two and a half years. Thank you, Susan, for that, because I was terrified in the beginning. But Aurora amazes me every single day, and I'm grateful to have found this rare disease community because of her. Thank you guys so much for sharing this and for being in the community that we can find. What can everybody do who's listening to help or be part of Rare Disease Day? We have so much for you guys to do. We're going to link in our show notes, raredisease.org. It's the website. It is awesome. It is informative. I highly encourage you all to check it out. It's super colorful and it even has things that you can download and share on social media, Mm -hmm. statistics and things. I'm a very visual person, so they have lots of infographics and I really appreciate that. We really would love and feel so honored if you guys chose to share this episode with somebody or your entire network that you feel would benefit from this. We want to get the word out. We want people to support it. And if you feel inclined, rare disease, not, our, our, not our podcast. Yeah. Supporting rare disease. But we also want people to know that they're not alone. So if you feel inclined, please, you know, like us and rate us and subscribe just so we can get the word out for our whole community to bring awareness and support to all these diseases that often go unnoticed and untalked about. You can even do things as minor as changing your Facebook profile. There are cute little zebra and rare disease, um, what do they call like frames for your profile mm-hmm. image that you can change just for this week or forever. Totally up to you how committed you <laughs> want to be. But doing something like that, you know, it's one small way to bring awareness to something that people aren't really familiar with. Mm-hmm. You can also consider donating money to either the rare disease campaign, or you can find smaller diseases that are lumped into the 6,000 diseases that are considered rare and helping donating money or funds or time to any of those help us find cures for our children. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That was such a good episode. It taught me a ton. I've never been to rarediseasedate.org. I hope you all go visit. And I hope that for any of you listening, first and foremost, you find your place if you don't have one yet. You find it within this community. You feel like you're not alone. But I also want to really highlight the caregivers, the parents, friends, and family that surround these people because that was huge for me. And I made me realize that not only are there 300 million people suffering from rare diseases, but think about the 10 people around them. That all the people in their in their outer rings, going mm-hmm. back to the ring theory episode, all the people that are affected, it just it's like a drop in the water and it spirals out, you know. Mm-hmm. So please find a way that you can simply donate your time, donate your love, donate your money if you so choose, because it's not only affecting the patients; it's affecting the people many of which you probably know around them. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you to our guests that called in. Those stories were so beautiful and it was so nice to meet people and just hear about them. This is Susan and I'm going to go wash my hair. 
good idea. No, yeah, it know. looks great today. Last this week is- I was like, this is Susan. I'm going to go nap. This week I'm like, this is Susan and I'm going to go wash my hair. <laughs> I really need more self-care. Girl, you look great. Oh, thank you. Until I Just turn brush your teeth. You know, it's yeah. great. What are you going to um, go do, Diane? This is Diane and I actually have to go meal plan. Bye guys. Bye. We know you have so many choices on how to spend your time. Thank you so much for choosing to spend it with us. We would be honored to hear your unique, complicated, and hope-filled stories. We would love for you to connect with us and share your story on our website, www.whenautumncomes.com, and you can find us on social media at When Autumn Comes Podcast. Also, check us out at 4AM Mom Club, where we will be sharing our middle-of-the-night shenanigans, Etsy finds, Netflix faves, and other things to get us through. We would love for you to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll continue to hear unique stories, feel a whole lot of comfort and connection, and hopefully share in a few laughs. We are new to the podcasting world, so this show is produced by yours truly. With hope and a whole lot of excitement, Diane and Susan. See you next time.